0: True. Are you in Berlin, Utah?
1: Yes, I am.
0: What time is it there? Forget.
1: It's now yeah, 6 PM.
0: Oh, perfect. Yes.
1: Nice. And you're in California, Nick? Yeah. Yeah. So 9 AM, nice. See, Even better.
0: The beach right there. Oh
1: my god, yes. <laughs> Don't rub it in, please.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, guys, how are you? Hey. Hi
3: um, hi there. Good,
2: good to see you all.
3: Yes, yeah, great to see you,
1: too. Great to see you. Thanks for having us.
2: No, thank you for coming. It's great. Where are you, the Germany?
1: Yes, I'm in Berlin.
2: And what about you, Ina?
3: always in chicago
2: amazing it looks like a coffee shop
3: no that's our dining room that's nice
2: so and what about you nick where are you i don't, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> planet air yeah, maybe hopefully well maybe not maybe hopefully not
0: <laughs> i'm in you know. california
2: that's nice so welcome welcome everybody i'm also thank you for the people who's coming as um how do you say attendee this time we have a very in my into my eyes very very interesting reading about a very very interesting practice called chö, <laughs> and this is the same chö as we Finding the in the Diamond Cutter Sutra title because this chuo it means to cut or maybe I guess in some context like to stop something to destroy something. So yeah, I would like I would like to introduce the topic and maybe I was thinking about you, Nick, if you could uh, briefly maybe give a, a brief explanation of what is this practice about. Uh, And what are we going to do here this morning?
0: Okay. Um, I'm not that familiar with this practice. Um, It's very famous, um, but it's a secret practice. And I've only received very limited teachings on it. Um, When Geshe Michael translated this section, uh, I was there. And I re- he gave some classes in New York back in 2014 or something. Um, and it seems to me that this practice called cutting is about putting a stop to your mind's tendency to be selfish. <laughs> um, I think it's, so it's like cutting off your your um, you're grasping to just taking care of yourself and trying to replace that with the idea of taking care of others. And of course, always underlying all of that is uh, cutting off the mind's tendency to grasp to things as if they had some sort of uh, existence independent of us and instead realizing that we are all Connected by our actions and the things that we experience have to do with the seeds that we plant with our body, speech, and mind. So I think that that's what cutting means. It means to stop our tendency to think of things wrong and to stop our tendency to think of only taking care of ourselves.
2: Thank you. Thank you for opening up for context to to what we are going to do. So, hey, Flavia, I forgot to introduce you as well. Where are you? I
4: think you forgot to introduce everybody.
2: You <laughs> well, should I say mean, hi. At least agree, <laughs>
4: but,
2: yeah, okay. Let me, let me present everybody. Um we have we have Flavia here with us. She lives in Guadalajara. She she has been helping a lot lately. Um different projects, including the YSI um healthy eating show that is happening. In um, the Peachtree Cafe, that it's close to be open, hopefully, so soon you will you will probably be able to watch this show. Among many other things that she's doing, but but I think she has been studying now for a few years. She lives in Mexico. She's doing a very very good job, and we have Ina Ivanina. She's as you hear, she's in Chicago these days. She's like a great language speaker person. She manages uh, many different projects, but one that I can talk about it is like she does coordination on the um, subtitle project for the mixed not translation classes. And I think that is really, really amazing because really having the, the, the captions, the subtitles, it helps a lot for people to be able to study them and for the translation of those classes. So thank you very much for making that available for us.
1: Wow.
2: And then we have, we have Uta, Uta is in Germany. She has been a long time student, very good friend, um, DCI organizer, teacher, and also these days you are involved with YSI as well, right?
1: a little less right this moment but in general yes
2: yes okay and what else are you doing these days in germany
1: these days i uh, actually have to take care of some business that's not totally related uh which is uh i'm working in the arts right now but uh you know the uh, the lessons are everywhere what can i say
2: <laughs> that's for sure and that's proof the good practitioner you are <laughs> because it's true the the lessons and the teachings are everywhere and if we aim my take is like if we aim whatever daily activities we are doing to our personal development with the intention of helping everybody else then practice yes that is it And Nicolas Lachaud, no need to mention, he's the director of all the Diamond Cutter Classic project, the, how do say, executive director. Uh, And then he's also a very good friend and a very good, also a very good uh, language speaker in person. He speaks like, what, five or six languages? I
0: don't think so.
2: Yeah. Including English (laughs) language.
0: Yeah, then five.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And and yeah, he he's now um, coordinating all the, the translation of the mixed notes team, the operation of it. So welcome everybody. And let's let's go with the with the topic. Nick Lashaw just talk a little bit about what is this practice. And when I read the reading. To be honest, I was a little uncomfortable because the title, if some of you got the chance to read it, the title, it actually was translated as the immolation of yourself. <laughs> An immolation, I felt it was like a strong word. And because I didn't understood very well what was it about, um, I thought, okay, let's go to the safe side and let's just call it destroying. <laughs> but the immolation is like sometimes it's like when like the the you see the screen the the picture the portrait of the reading is like a guy who burns fire on himself. If you get a chance to see the original reading, you can see that. Mm-hmm. But then I think it's very important to talk about what is what is the self that we are trying to to destroy or to burn, and I think that will clarify a lot of things. For, for everybody, for the audience, for us. And I would like to check with Ina, like what's, what's your understanding? What is, that, what is that self that the reading is talking about? We are trying to, I guess, to destroy, to burn, to remove. What was your take on this part?
3: Uh, it, it's a very beautiful practice. Uh, Frankly, I uh, don't know it very well, so I was a little bit surprised with the reading. (laughs) I think uh, nothing comes uh, uh, by chance, right? Uh, Everything for the reason. So, uh, obviously, it looks like uh, they're talking about self existent Self, right—the the one that we think that exists and that we have this tendency to grasp to it and uh, to take care about uh, it, uh, like we see in text, they say cherish. Uh, so this is something that uh, is uh, uh, coming out of uh, misunderstanding where uh, do things, including what I think is me come from and that this is something to be destroyed that was my uh, take out of the name of the reading
2: thank you thank you very much ina so again i mean i had the chance and i really encourage everybody if you can to listen to the audio because there is a reading there is the official reading but then there is the audio the class when when Geshi michael talks about it and something very interesting happened there. I think that there is actually, in my eyes, it's like two, two elements, like coexisting in this class together. This is the element of chot that we've been talking about. But Geshe Michael makes a big, big, big emphasis on personal responsibility. And maybe that doesn't come that much in the reading. I mean, it does in a way. But if you listen to the class, you can hear like how much emphasis he does into the personal responsibility. So maybe uh, we can talk a little bit about what is personal responsibility and if you guys can think on how it is connected with the practice of destroying a self that somehow is causing troubles for us and everybody else. What do you think about this, Uta? What about personal responsibility? What it is?
1: Well, the way I got to understand it is because I think this came very timely because uh, I uh, am experiencing quite a few challenges right now. And so the tendency of thinking, I don't deserve this. This is unfair. is very strong. And so that is why you know it's very important for me to catch this self-existent that you know this non-existent I should say me kind of a lighter fluid at hand you know to burn it up and um to doing this kind of in front of others so because if you are in a context of people and they're you know experiencing similar things and everybody f- has the same sound bite like, oh yeah, this is unfair, this is not something we would ever do ourselves, you know, then it's what I feel uh, and I currently live with other people more closely than I ever did, I feel a personal, responsibility to react differently and to really say, well, maybe I should think more closely about the fact that I might have been this rude or insensitive, or maybe I have um, gossiped um, because all of these things happened to me lately. I couldn't believe it. Because I don't know, maybe I was coasting on bird poop too long, but I had almost forgotten that these things are, can happen a lot. And so because I'm being watched by people right now, I decided to uh, accept this challenge like almost like a boot camp. I'm like, okay, then let me talk about it differently. Let me try to react and act differently, you know, and not like this victim who's being done in by. And um, so, yeah, because of the use of the word emulation, you know, it's like I'm, I'm trying to catch the person that feels, you know, dealt with unjustly and I'm trying to burn it. And I'll try to speak about it so that the people around me can also think differently. And uh, so I'm changing, I'm trying to change, I should say, not only myself, but, you know, people around me who are very obviously suffering from the victim perspective.
2: That, that's very interesting, Uta. Thank you for sharing. Because in a way, being in a in a victim position when we believe I don't deserve this, why is this happening to me? They are doing things to me. It's like we are in a way, I will say we are doing the opposite of personal responsibility Mm -hmm. because then we don't have anything else to improve. We don't have anything else to do because is there like bad attitude is their fault. Is there, and again, then, then that's very interesting, I think, connecting to, to church, to the practice of destroying or burning something. And in this context, I would like to ask Flavia now, like, then what do you think, like, what do you think it means when they say destroying or burning, like, myself, like, Mm -hmm. does let me ask you this this way do i exist like because some like you know like does me exist or not and how is it that i'm going to how is it that i'm going to help everybody if i burn myself like the if i destroy the, the the self
4: um i think you said myself and that sounds a little stronger but yeah. if we say the self, it's easier to see it as a concept. And if this concept of myself or this self that is Flavia in this life is what is creating um, for me to disrespect other people, for me to not take care of other people, because I'm protecting this concept, right? I'm protecting Flavia. So that is the victim place when I say I need to protect this Flavia from whatever ugly things could happen, or I need to take things for Flavia instead instead of uh, taking things or uh, trying to get things for other people. So this self is producing all of the pain that I'm experimenting and that I am going to experiment. Believing that this self exists and I have to protect it is the cause of all the suffering. Not not only my suffering, but also in the reading is all of the demons, all of my mothers, every being in this universe. Mm -hmm. All the suffering is caused because I believe in this self and I protect it. So that is the self that I have to destroy or make disappear
2: okay thank you very much thank you very much and i think that makes me ask the next question to nick what do you think nick okay is it correct to say like i don't exist like juan doesn't exist nick doesn't exist or or what would be your take on on saying this or is there maybe is there maybe a nick who does exist but there is a nick who doesn't exist
0: uh yeah i mean i i think it's that one uh that's my understanding (laughs) because if you say i can say nick doesn't exist but then if my daughter comes in or somebody who calls me nick she calls me daddy but if uh if you call me and you say hi nick uh and then I don't answer because I think I don't exist. Then I'm a little bit being a jerk, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you would probably be frustrated. Then I'm not taking responsibility for your happiness, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I think if I if I if I say that I don't exist, if I say Nick doesn't exist, but then you call me Nick. I should answer you, so then I would be wrong to say, Nick doesn't exist because <laughs> because I do Nick exists, right? but then Nick doesn't exist because i as as I think Flavia was just saying, I think that there's a Nick that I have to protect, or I think there's a Nick that exists um independently of my own seeds and independently of all the seeds of the people who project a Nick, and then. That Nick doesn't exist, and I think that's what the Heart Sutra is about, right? And all the other teachings of Buddha. Because <laughs> in the Heart Sutra it says there's no eyes, there's no nose, there's no ears, there's no tongue, but there are eyes. I'm looking at the eyes on the Zoom screen, so I can't truly say that I, I that I agree that there's no eyes at all. <laughs> so I don't think that's the point. The point is that there's no eyes in the way or there's no nick in the way that I think there is and that's true because i feel a lot of pain because i try to protect that nick all the time <laughs> and then life is hard um and then we have the truth of suffering probably because of that so yes there's a nick and then we have to say there's a nick because we observe that nick with our senses and no there's no nick because because thinking that there's a Nick gets me in trouble every day. Can I say one other thing?
2: Perfect. I thought it was
0: very interesting that we all took different directions with the word personal responsibility. Because in the reading, I think it's really clear, it's talking about uh, taking responsibility to free all my mothers, you know, all these other people from suffering. But then we were talking about like taking responsibility for the things that appear in our world and not being a victim. This is like a totally different meaning of the word personal responsibility, but equally important and very practical. So I just thought that was cool. (laughs) And, And it's related. I know it's not totally different. It's definitely related because maybe we can take care of people by taking responsibility for the projections that appear to us in our world. I'm sorry, I'm trying to talk slower. (laughs) And then, uh, so I think they work together, but it's interesting. I think that that in the reading, personal responsibility means I'll take it upon, it literally says, if I do not free them, who else will? That's like the main line. If I don't free them, who else will free them? It's not going to be nick because you just told me nick doesn't exist
4: but <laughs> how how do you free them
2: yeah
0: uh that's the big question
2: <laughs> well so let's talk about that question because it's actually it, i think that's that's an interesting thing like we are trying to connect the two practices the practices of Chu somehow is very related to the practice of personal responsibility in both ways as you mentioned it is true that personal responsibility is this determination to say, okay, I'm gonna do it. And even Geshe Michael says the English saying like, the buck stops here, <laughs> you No, know? Nobody else, are like, okay, I'm just gonna do it. But at the same time, we're uh, hearing this in the context of Cho, which as far as I understand, and it's, I think that's what you were saying, Nick, it seems that there are two nicks. There is one nick who doesn't exist and never is going to exist, never has existed. And that is the one who is not coming from seeds. That one doesn't exist. And I think it's it's like what we are trying to uh, destroy. We are trying to destroy the belief in a self, in a Juan that is there and it's not coming from seeds or anything. But there is a Juan that does exist. And what Juan exists? The one who's coming from seeds, and that's okay. I think it's basically the the two husbands in the kitchen. There's two Inas, two Flavias, two Utas. Like, one does exist, and the other one that doesn't.
3: The one that that does not exist brings all the troubles.
2: Exactly, exactly. And, and Flavia and, and Nick, well, I guess Flavia was asking, how do we change? So I would like to ask you, uh, how do we save the world or how we save all people? How do you connect? If there is an Ina who because comes from seeds, it can be different, it can be better, it can be worse so how could we gain this ability to start helping more and more people
3: it, it is very actually interesting because uh, there are several calls to actions in the text in the text right the very first one uh, he says that uh, when he says i will see done it done myself so i will do it myself will free this uh, Demons that are around me that are just captured uh, by their desires, etc. Ignorance uh, in their, you know, all kinds of bad thinking and uh, etc. I, I will save them myself. And then he says, I will myself become my Lama, the being of light, quickly. So it means uh, uh, using this knowledge that we study, I will become. Um, the next level of humans' evolution, right, uh, will uh, do something that humans cannot do, right, uh, to to be helpful for other people. And then, very interesting, he says that uh, only in Tibet, with uh, will you find bodhisattvas uh, who never trained themselves in love and compassion. <laughs> <laughs> that means we think that. Uh, it's love and compassion and it's not. And, uh, and then he goes uh, really wild, right? Uh, he says, uh, uh, I will offer the flesh of this body and the blood of this body and they shall eat of it and they shall drink of it. Eat their feel. drink their feel. And in, in the end, my life will be of use to every living being mm-hmm. i don't know it's strong right
2: <laughs> i know and what do you think in, is that literal or metaphoric
3: that's a very good question <laughs> i think uh, we should say it's metaphoric um,
2: <laughs> i think so too i hope i'm right
0: <laughs> uh, i'm i'm teaching uh aci 11 right now and uh I'm, I'm reading Master Shantideva and he's talking about this exact idea, not eating it, but <laughs> he's talking about being a bodhisattva who's willing to, uh, you know, give your body, give your flesh. Um, and he, said, he says, um, he, he's saying something similar to what Love Song Chuki Gelsen is saying here. Which is like then my, you know, when I'm able to do that or when I'm, when I'm able to, to really learn how to give and endure suffering for the sake of getting enlightened, then I'm at least, you know, doing something worthwhile with this life. And then he makes the comparison to how we've been stuck in sansara forever and how, you know, we experience incredible suffering in hells and the lower realms. Uh, And and it's it's completely useless because it's not helping us escape. But at least if we're learning how to make offerings and do bodhisattva activities, even if it's suffering, at least it's useful. But then he goes on to say, and I'll teach this tomorrow night if you guys want to come. Uh, Then he goes on to say uh, that the Buddha said that nobody should ever try to make an offering that's not totally happy and fun for them and it shouldn't be painful. So if you get to the point where you can do something like what's being described there, you're going to be super happy about it. Like it's going to feel good. (laughs) You know, you're not, it's not going to be like something that you're struggling to do. And yeah, he says, start with vegetables, which is what Christina just put in the chat. So he's, you know, if you're learning to be a bodhisattva the point is you go step-by-step and you give, what feels what makes you feel happy to give
3: don't get scared in other in other words
0: (laughs) yeah yeah well that's why i wanted to clear that i was like oh i'm glad you're bringing this part up (laughs) It's, it's it's actually awesome
2: and maybe in this context i would like to explore this um like there are stories to be honest that i can't understand like let's say we maybe you have heard about the story of one of the past lifetimes of Lord Buddha. he's walking on the forest, he sees the tiger and the tiger needs to eat has a baby, so he decides to offer his body but and I mean i'm I'm not trying to be disrespectful but trying to understand I always wonder it will like I mean if we consider like different karmic objects and the different virtuous things we can do with our lives, let's say one of the highest things they say we can do, it's helping others by let's say teaching the Dharma or feeding thousands of people or building houses and stuff. I don't know. So then I think, how is it possible that he thought at that moment that giving away his body to a tiger was the highest thing he could have done. I mean, let's say he was a prince instead of like building thousands of houses for people or teaching Dharma or, and I'm not saying that it wasn't, but it's just difficult for me to understand when things are very literal, when are metaphoric, but maybe I'm guessing maybe sometimes it's more virtue to keep keep both of your hands because then you can help more people Instead of cutting one hand and throwing it to the hungry dog in the street because the dog is hungry. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder about this thing. What do you guys think?
4: Uh,
3: maybe somebody else wants to, to say. If not, I, I have an idea. Yeah. No. Uh, last time when uh, you remember there was uh, a discussion one month ago or so about uh, literal and figurative right
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: and uh, sometimes uh, uh, the Buddha he is not uh, literal because uh, he has something else on mind when he says what he says and uh, um, for and maybe not for everybody. Uh, of us, it will be figurative, maybe not for some of them. For some of us, it may be literal, right? But uh, from the figurative point of uh, view, uh, it is a very uh, striking story, right? So it uh, it really it, it was bothering me as well for many years. <laughs> so I know what you mean, uh, and. Uh, uh, then uh, we hear some very, uh, some very extreme stories. And uh, then we start seeing, should I do this also with my life or not, right? And maybe the idea is that I should always think, right? What it will be the highest in this uh, moment to do? So that was, I was thinking, because this is really striking. And uh, I know many students are, having the same uh, questions like should we really do that no please don't start with vegetables give something that uh, you will not regret about
2: (laughs) yeah yeah thank you and i like that many times i guess i think our teachers can tell us things in order to trigger something on us not necessarily because i mean it's more about the experience Or what's going to happen in our minds, even more than the actual thing they say. Mm -hmm. I really think that that can be the case. Sometimes certain ways they say things or they they ask you to do certain things or they act in a certain way. I really believe is to trigger a whole process of maybe in this case, like analyzing. Maybe it's about, maybe it's about having these kind of discussions sometimes and talking to your friends and trying to figure it out. And, you know, Geshe Michael says that the struggle is what sometimes creates a very powerful karma, the struggle to understand and to figure it out something. uh, It's what makes us improve many times. Um, Okay, so... We have been, we have seen so far that in the practice of cho, in this case, as Nick mentioned first, the whole thing is actually like a secret practice. And for those of you who had the chance to listen to the audio, it's very interesting because Geshe Michael keeps repeating during the class. He keeps saying, "Okay, if you want the whole thing, you have to get initiation. If you want to initiation, if you want initiation, I'm gonna tell you what to do." He says, you have to start taking personal responsibility. If you start taking personal responsibility, the initiation is going to come to you and you're going to be able to study the whole the whole show sometime. So does any of you remember what he was saying? Like, what's the way to start taking personal responsibility? Like, he gives like certain advices. Um, but what do you guys think? He basically says... You, as you say with Deva, you start with small things, and those things start building up. Does any of you remember, like, or want to say something about this, like building up this
4: practice of?
0: Well, I like. I, oh, <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah, please. I was just trying I, to break um, silence.
4: <laughs> i don't know the examples that you are talking about but in the reading uh, because of the context of the self that in this talk we said it doesn't exist that self that doesn't exist that doesn't come from seeds that is the self that we that we protect and because we don't even protect the flavia that is not named flavia but is going to have many lifetimes. I'm just protecting the Flavia that has this flesh and blood. So in this context saying, I will give my flesh and blood to me it's saying, I will give this self that doesn't come from seeds, that is going to end soon. So in this sense to me, uh, personal responsibility is maybe asking myself what I what I am protecting with my thoughts and my actions I am protecting you know other people my next life the higher self that I could be or I am protecting this body that is going to finish maybe today
2: yeah yeah, and and yes, it is the case as we were talking about with the example of Master Shantideva, that the idea is to start developing this personal responsibility little by little. Mm-hmm. Geshe Michael was saying in the audio class that um, you just start with things like doing the dishes, but it was very interesting because he was he was very clear and straightforward saying things like if you can't do the dishes after you eat or after a dinner time or something you cannot get enlightened you cannot you don't have the power to to help thousands of people if you cannot even do small things like wash the toilet do the dishes like you know take care of the people at um, your immediate surroundings, so so yeah. The advice was like we start we start little by little, and many of you, well, all of you. Um, well, the, I'm talking to the panelists. Um, I know you have like very interesting dharma careers. Let's say like I I I will bet that you can see how much progress you have achieved. From the very beginnings, when you just start studying and learning, to right now, I would like to maybe hear your per- uh, a few personal experiences on how do you think you have been developing this ability or becoming more capable of taking bigger projects or helping more people? And maybe if you can talk a little bit about your, your more motiv- or how you had to train yourself, because I really bet we all have had gone through challenges. What will be your advice for people who want to increase their their capacity? Let's say.
0: Well, I'll say um, one of the things that I really like from Master Shanti Deva's advices is, uh, is he talks about like he talks about mindfulness basically, uh, in a really cool way. Uh, he, you know, and he talks about it in the context of shashin and Jempa, which is Tibetan words for like watchfulness and then the ability to pull your mind back. And usually those are, those two topics are used in context of meditation. But in this case, he's talking about like, um, trying to remember that you're trying to be a bodhisattva <laughs> like staying present with your higher goals like or sort of staying connected to your your higher purpose all the time and to me this connects a lot with personal responsibility because i feel like the really the first step or a big step that we can take is uh staying grounded in our, in this higher motivation and i think like if you want to fast track yourself to spiritual goals uh this is how to do it <laughs> i think like stay grounded in a higher motivation as much as possible then you will be a good example because little things won't irritate you so much or hopefully <laughs> you know because you remember what you're trying to do and then if you remember like okay i'm trying to get enlightened like or i'm trying to help all beings then somebody yelling at you you know you're more likely to remember that it's coming from you because that's your main, or, and also you're more likely to just be patient because you're like, okay, you know, I'm going to take this one because I'm trying to do something great. You know, uh, I'm trying to be a bodhisattva. So the more that you can have this awareness throughout the day, I think you stand a much better chance to, uh, withstand attacks of mental afflictions and be a good example and become somebody who's going to plant, who's going to create really good karma that can take you to enlightenment a lot faster. So Shashin and Jampa in this context is like trying hard to stay present and then having an alarm clock in your mind to, to check. And then if you're not the ability to, to have as a first response, like, Wait, like just the word shishin and drempa, Christina. And then just maybe you can trick your mind into coming back to the word bodhisattva. Like, oh, I'm trying to be a bodhisattva. I'm trying to be a bodhisattva. Uh, and it's not easy, right? It's easier said than done to like be mindful or to, to remember things or to be present. But I think practices like doing the six times book uh, or like doing your meditation practice and reminding yourself of these higher motivations first thing in the morning, just regular disciplined practice will help you to train your mind. Helped helped me. Helps when I can have discipline.
3: Can I add something to what Nick just said? Uh, Because uh, many students, they are coming, they say, yeah, we know. Ethics meditation and six times book. What I cannot do my six times book. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting meditations. I'm forgetting to do my book. So uh, I would like to uh, to say that uh, there are basically a couple things that help with that. First thing is uh, uh, try to see your suffering like uh, many of us are living not in very bad conditions and uh, even uh, you know many uh, ukrainian ACI students and our refugees in europe and uh, you know what they say most of them they say yeah, i'm actually fine you know <laughs> like everything is go is going pretty well yeah um because of their practice obviously because you know uh, Many people are really having a very difficult time right now because of the war that is ongoing. So uh, when you see directly the suffering that is uh, going on, that is very easy right now, uh, then it makes you do your six times book uh, because you can see that everything is degrading. Uh, If you do not see that everything is degrading, go to a nursing home. And you will see it every day that that's your real future, not the one that you think will be. And uh, the other thing is to study deeply the teachings, uh, do all 18 ACI courses if you haven't done them yet, uh, and uh, come to MixNuts classes (laughs) Uh, if you want to go really deep. uh, It really, it does really help. It takes some time and then you think, wow, I I start to understand these things on a deeper level, right? And uh, uh, also try to help help somebody uh, who is teaching these things. uh, Help uh, Juan, help Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, it's a big deal in these teachings. You will have huge fat karma out of it. (laughs)
2: Thank you, Ina. Thank you very much. And actually, it is the case that that wanting does has like a special power on it. Even even geshe mentioned it through the to the audio. He does say that really, really, really wanting to be able to help more people is going to increase your capacity somehow. So it's like, it's like a powerful energy. I guess it's like, it's like the power of what, of the wish, (laughs) the wish being the desire to help, like to get enlightened, to help everybody else. But it's like a form of desire. So you see in a way, like desire drives us towards things, like it's like energy and we want to achieve things and stuff. So if we can use, I guess, this energy of wanting like for for higher and beautiful purposes, it seems that somehow it's going to help. And I really like what you say, Ina, because I do believe that studying is one of the, at least for me, is one of the most powerful tools. Because when I really understand something, I can act accordingly, but if I don't understand or if I have questions, doubt, it's difficult to, to have the certainty and in a way the power to, to act in certain ways. So for me, really, the more we understand and, and sometimes it comes through studying sometimes, the more we understand, it's like the better we can act
3: uh, and I would like to add something also I was thinking uh, because uh, we were talking about uh, how we can do more, right? We, uh, when we have all these limited resources that we have. And uh, uh, I I'm completely agree with you, Juan, about this uh, huge desire to help more, right? Uh, in a way, you feel so powerless that you become powerful.
2: Mm, that's interesting very interesting yeah so i would like then to go back and try to after the different things we have shared trying to again um, combine these two things between personal responsibility and the practice of cho so as far as i understand so far the practice of cho really is about destroying the gakcha. And again this goes related to wisdom again the better we understand the better we can identify who's the Juan that it's not there and I have to cut that Juan so I would like to ask you guys what do you think it will happen if we had the certainty that there is no other me but the one who comes from how I treat other people and I use that knowledge and combine it with personal responsibility. Like how, what ideas comes to you? How can we combine these two practices? Cutting the self-existent me and taking personal responsibility. Like like in order to, as the reading says, to help like all my moms. (laughs)
1: Well, I think it does go back to uh, the uh, capacity. Um, If we decide that we want more capacity because we realize that everybody has been our mothers and everybody, therefore, has helped us, you know, countless times and in ways that we really want to repay them now, then um, we can... Really, simply make that decision that we want to increase our capacity in order to to doing this. And I think there is also the uh, four infinite thoughts in that text. Um, You know, like, wouldn't it be nice if we could actually really help everybody? Like, Chima Rung could, you know, that's the way it should be. And then I'm the one who's going to do this. But like, wait. Uh, I don't think I can do it yet, but, you know, with the help of my Lama, I can. Um, so it's it's this kind of a way of thinking that we just decide to have and that we train ourselves to have is that we'll create that capacity. We'll just decide. And we also acknowledge that we're not quite there yet, but... With the help of our lama and the, his blessing or her blessing, um, we will get there, and that is a responsibility. That is the ultimate responsibility that we are taking. I'll do it, even if no one helps me, except you know my lama's help. I will need. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. I would like also to to open the chat if people in the audience wants to ask questions to the panelists or anything that they can just, just can type and we, we may read a few of them.
3: I, I think actually we didn't mention some very interesting fact about this practice uh, that I was thinking we will discuss in the beginning. Mm. This practice was created by a woman, by mm. a lady Her name was Machik Labdron, and she was a Tibetan yogini.
2: No, that's amazing, Ina, and thank you for saying. Because that actually, I only learned that when I went to hear the class two. (laughs) So it happens to be like three classes, I think, on this topic. And again, I will encourage everybody in the audience to listen to them. You can find them at the Knowledge Base. But yeah, the explanations Geshe Michael gives about this whole practice are like unbelievable. I really, really, if you have the chance, or if you want to give yourself a nice present, I think give yourself time for this class. It's very, very awesome. So I don't see any questions on the chat. Do you want to say something, Nick?
0: Uh I wanted to add that um to what Uto was saying, just that I think that the highest, that the point that, that the reading is making is that it's kind of like it keeps talking about taking personal responsibility just to motivate us to do the chud practice <laughs> and that what we're taking personal responsibility, that, that what we can do for all of our mothers or for everyone is cut. <laughs> That's what we can do. We have to cut, you know, Cut our, our belief in self-existence and and basically our our tie, our connection to samsara, which is our ignorance. So cut. I think that's what it's saying. We have to take personal responsibility to do this practice. She lives right down the street from me to Machik Labjun. It's very cool. I'll take a picture.
2: <laughs> that's amazing. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Like five, like ten minutes away. You have to get on the highway, but it's close.
2: <laughs> and what do you think, Flavia? Any, any, any ideas about how to connect the destruction of our self-existence self and taking personal responsibility
4: in a practical way? Um... Our teachers teach us that to destroy that self-existent self. We need to do the six-time book, yoga, meditation, studying. And it sounds easy, (laughs) but like, like Ina said, we find a lot of obstacles. But if I'm able to think about this responsibility towards these infinite beings, then I can have that, you know, that power to do my practice. Mm-hmm. I, I do connect that because many times I don't want to do it, it's just because I don't see the point. And normally we have two choices. We become a little selfish and we enjoy too much the practice and the results. Or we don't want to do it. But thinking about saving my mom, then that is a huge uh, goal. And that helps me to sit on the cushion and try to do my practice.
2: Awesome. There is also another question in the chat. And it says, once you cut away all the beliefs in self-existence, what's left? A Buddha? What do you guys think?
0: <laughs> well, she knows the answer, but <laughs> I I think that if you want to get specific, you have so many different l- l- layers of belief in self existence. Like there's there's your intellectual belief, like you know we can we can get rid of our you know we can understand theoretically that uh, there's no Nick. But then to understand it when, you know, practically, meaning like when someone's yelling at me or (laughs) when I want something so bad, because I think it's going to make me happy, Uh, you know, that's a whole nother level, you know? So if I understand something philosophically, that doesn't mean I really understand it or, or cut away the beliefs philosophically. That doesn't mean I really cut away the beliefs. But then if I cut away the beliefs, even in practice, I would say that yeah that's pretty much you have to have already seen emptiness i think you have to have already seen emptiness and then you're really close for to being a buddha probably or at least an arhat if not already achieved that level
2: thank you nick you Tabians, as he you asked ask the
0: question too.
2: there is another question as well It says, how can working closely with your Lama can help you destroy this self-existent self?
4: Anybody has ideas? Anybody wants to say? I'm just going to say that I think that is what your Lama is going to do. You don't need to worry about it. (laughs) (laughs)
3: that's what i wanted to say also that's a cool
0: answer that's a good Ah, answer i also think that part of the part of the point is that if you work closely with your teacher and you make some good seeds they're more powerful because of the power of the karmic object like those seeds can ripen really fast and powerfully
3: good and bad (laughs)
0: Oh, they, they're going to do certain things too to help you let go, which are
2: hard. <laughs> what I have noticed as well in my experience is that when I have the chance to be close to my teachers, then I learn from them by example as well. Not only by what they teach in the classroom, that it's amazing, but also by how they treat other people, how do they handle the daily life, the jokes they do, like how they move, how do they make the decisions? It teaches me a lot because sometimes, let's say, I, I think like, oh, no, the right decision will be this. And then I, I see them being in a similar situation and choosing a totally different thing that I didn't even thought about it. And when I wonder why did they do that? like i can take i trust they know much more than me so i i use them as an example of keep learning also like i guess for me they are living examples on how somebody who understands better or you know um will take action in their daily life how they use their time how they make others feel maybe that also is a boost on different ways that you you have like a living example in front of you
3: and also because Octavian he asks uh, like uh, exactly how your Lama can help you destroy this self, uh, existing self uh, and uh, I think we also need to mention that uh, one of the things that happens that Lama will trigger your mental afflictions (laughs) badly (laughs) And then you will have to face this uh, uh, suffering, right, uh, this pain. And uh, you start to think, where does it come from, this pain? And then you go back to not that this self does not exist. Okay, what does exist? Uh, and why? What I see, I see. Oh, okay, I have a contract. He's my lama. <laughs> oh, she. <shit. laughs> so that what happens is uh, mental afflictions have been purified right hopefully
0: <laughs> hey juan yes we are at 10 yeah can yeah, i make a least. quick can i make a quick pitch for the mixed nuts
2: please yes
0: okay thank you Ina. thank you fabia thank you uta Thank you, Juan, for hosting. This was a really uh, nice and special reading club. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, if you guys want the mix nuts to keep digging deep into our books to find more answers and more interesting philosophical topics to study, please consider digging deep into your pockets and donating to us because... There is so much for us to do. It's going to take a few hundred years. So in order to keep this process going, uh, we need we require donations right now. So I put the link a couple times in the chat. If you want to make a donation, it helps us a lot. If you want to make monthly donations, it helps us even more. And I appreciate you all helping us. And we want to help. You, we just uh, we want to keep this project alive for a long time. So that's the motivation so that we can dig deep into the books. Thank you so much. And also please consider um, coming to the translation program in October. I know you're all coming. Uh, okay.
4: And
3: thank you very much translators because uh, this class has been translated into many languages. Thank you so much, uh, dear translators
0: yeah thank you translators
2: yeah Yeah, thank you everybody just because giving yourself the time to come to these things um and i think it's because you want to learn and because you want to help so many people so i think just by wanting to be a better person we are already helping the world remember To build up our personal responsibility by doing little things nice things for others but taking the responsibility don't wait for others to do the good things we want to happen and we will build our level up to being able to stop wars and save this world from hunger disease and even death itself Okay, it was so nice to see you all. We'll see soon again, and I hope you are, you all are, um, well at wherever you are. Let's keep going.
0: Okay, thank you.
2: Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much. If you can listen to the audios, they are amazing audios. The knowledge
4: base. (laughs) Okay, bye.